Welcome to Movies 365. Here's your host, Nico Cuevas. Nico Cuevas here for FoxRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to Movies 365, the podcast where I'm dedicated to watching 366 movies this year in 2016 that means i'm going to watch a movie for every day of the year uh and if you've been listening and if you've been um keeping up with the podcast or keeping up with me on twitter at nico says things one thing you do know is i've been away for quite some time Uh, i have to admit that i've hit a wall uh, a very hard just exhausting wall where i was like you know what i can't watch anything i can't get into anything right now i don't know why um i I, you know i've just been physically and emotionally tired and i I talk about that in the last episode of nico says things it's not a bad thing it's not a, a bad tired it's just one of those things where you're like you know what it's time to take a little bit of a break from taking in so many things and doing so many things um but anyways let's get to the movies let's talk about the movies i have been watching and of course i have now broken through the wall it took me about a whole week to watch another movie after i saw my 14th film for movies 365 and that movie is 13 hours the secret soldiers of benghazi and now if you've listened uh to or not listened to but if you've watched our review on facebook and on youtube and on our website foxradionetwork.com you know that i actually really enjoyed 13 hours more than I anticipated I would. Now, 13 Hours of Secret Soldiers of Benghazi is that movie um, about the um, events in Benghazi, Libya. And this movie was directed by, of course, uh, Michael Bay, which it's really strange because the, the, the weird thing about this movie was I did not anticipate being uh, emotionally affected by this film, uh, in large part due to it being a movie by Michael Bay. Not so much that I I didn't have uh, trust in, say, John Krasinski, who is the star of this movie. Uh, I was actually really excited to see him in this role. But at the same time, I was like, okay, this is a Michael Bay film. Don't expect too much. And I think going in with those expectations, I was actually very pleasantly surprised. Uh, looking here at their uh, at the Rotten Tomatoes page for 13 hours, currently sitting at a uh, tomato meter of 55%, uh, and then uh, an audience scores of 87%. So the audiences are liking it a lot more. That's no surprise, though. I knew that this movie wasn't um, going to be maybe a, a big critical success, but it is uh, surprisingly human for a um, Michael Bay film. So I, I, I really do appreciate it. I think it's um, I think it's solid, but at the same time, I know a lot of people aren't going to like it. Um, but at the same time, um, if you're going in with that, not too many, ex, you know, not too high of expectations, I think you will be pleasantly surprised. Um, and it is very cool to be able to see Michael Bay do something that isn't, I mean, there's a lot of explosions and a lot of action, but um, still, a little bit more human than anything he's done in uh, the past. So, and, and then no, f- not too forced of human elements like, say, in Pearl Harbor. There's no forced romance or anything like that. It is very human, and I and I say that a lot uh, whenever I talk about this movie. But it deserves it, and, and he deserves credit because it was um, surprisingly, surprisingly. Uh, I don't want to say enjoyable, but it was um, it was a good, a decent film. Not great, but very, very, very good. Um, so the next movie, number 15 
uh, out of the movies that I've seen for movies three six five is Kung Fu Panda three, the Jack Black film, and everyone else film. Everyone is in this movie. Um, yeah, you know, of course, Angelina Jolie, Brian Cranston, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan, the great Jackie Chan, um, Jack Black, and of course, a lot of uh, other great people. J.K. Simmons plays the villain in this, and. Uh, the weird thing is I've never seen a Kung Fu Panda movie before. Yeah. Weird. I have never seen a Kung Fu, Kung, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda film, uh, up to this point. I don't know why. I think I, I saw, uh, the promotions for the first one and I was like, you know what? This isn't for me, at least where I'm at right now. And, um, I also thought that maybe it could be somewhat offensive and somewhat, um, you know, not tasteful in terms of, Asian culture and, 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 you know, that, that normally isn't something that bothers me, but, um, you know, they, they are kids films and I'll say this Kung Fu Panda three was great. I I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, it did feel a little bland from time to time. Like, I think it's a very good movie and I think it's the best family film to come out this year so far, which isn't saying much, but, uh, I think it is a good time to be had. If you want to watch the movie, I think you're going to have good time with the family. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it, I think it's a solid film and I, I will probably go back and watch Kung Fu Panda one and two. Uh, now that I've seen this one, cause I actually really enjoyed it. And I think the biggest problem that Kung Fu Panda three has, um, are there are too many characters, uh, too many people to focus on. And I didn't realize Jackie Chan was in these movies. And so I was like, okay, well I'm gonna have to go back and see if he's a bigger part and has a bigger role in the older films because, um, because all those um, established characters don't really get much screen time in this movie. Um, there, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot trying to be balanced in the movie, and that's that's its biggest problem. Is it, it might be trying to do a little too much, um, and therefore not accomplishing too much to begin with. Which for a kids film, I, th- I feel like you can't expect too much, but at the same time, you can't. Um, you know, you can't really give a movie a pass for for not successfully doing something because it's a kid's movie. But it is an enjoyable film uh, and an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, there were times where I laughed louder than the children in the movie theater at some parts. But that's because of uh, the naturalistic style of comedy and the timing and the way that they play with that wit um, works really well. I'm not the biggest Jack Black fan. I like him as a person. Um, him's his kind of shtick that he, he has at times in movies. I'm, I, I'm a little, uh, tired of it and a little exhausted of it, but him as a person, I absolutely enjoy. I think he's a cool dude. Um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know if I, I was like, that, I think that was a big thing. Reason why I haven't watched the Kung Fu Panda movies was I was like, you know what? It's going to be a lot of Jack black and I'm not sure if I, I can handle that, but surprisingly good. Um, well-tamed, very, very good film, uh, and enjoyable. So if you're needing a movie to watch with the family, uh, go check out Kung Fu Panda 3. It's very good. So that was movie number 15. Yeah, movie number 15. So now let's go to number, number, number 16. And this one, um, I was, I was laying down, uh, on my couch on Saturday, uh, January, uh, sometime, January 29th, I think, or the 30th. And it was a, oh man, I was like, you know what? We need to get a movie out of the way. Let's, let's do it. And, and I was kind of looking through, uh, the criterion collection on Hulu and I was trying to figure out 
Okay, which Criterion Collection movie can I watch? I don't want to watch one with subtitles right now because I can't. I'm not sure if I could pay attention uh, and read right now. I just wasn't in the mood for that. And so I was looking for something that might be a little bit quirky or a little bit lighthearted or, or, or at least just quick. And so I decided to watch Eraserhead. Now, the thing is, I've never watched Eraserhead. And here's the thing. I've also never heard anything about Eraserhead at any point in my life. So... If you've seen Eraserhead or you've heard anything about it, you know how kind of upset I was when I realized this movie was not quirky in the sense that I was hoping it to be quirky uh, and strange. Um, but I guess I should have figured that with it being David Lynch, uh, being a David Lynch film. But, oh man, what an experience that was. I laid down, I put my headphones on, which was my biggest regret about the whole movie was I, I watched the whole movie with headphones. Um and if you don't know anything about the movie Eraserhead, it is a, a serial, a, a, a surreal um, film. So there's very, there's a lot of uh, oh my gosh, I don't know why I can't say surrealism right now. Um, uh, it's an experimental film, uh, and it explores, I guess, the paranoia and uh, anxiety of of fatherhood um, and things of that nature, and. If there's one thing that the movie does really well is I do believe that it is probably one of the best um, captured nightmares uh, on film ever. You know, I, I think it's something where I, I saw that I watched this movie and I was really afraid of having nightmares about this movie or sort of in sort of the um, style of this film because it did feel like being in the middle of a nightmare. And of course with the headphones, the movie is a lot about tension and stress and, um, awful, annoying sounds that really just bother you. And listening to that with headphones blaring, it was really unsettling. At one point I started crying in the movie, not from, not from being sad or being too scared, but I was, if you don't know me, I have really bad anxiety. And I get stressed out super easily for, for, for no reason whatsoever. And watching this film stressed me out so much that I ended up starting, like I started to cry, not like bawling, but like, I was just like, I found myself just, just crying. I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is so tense. Like, I don't know if I can't, can handle this, but it's very good. Um, it's probably a movie that I'll never watch again. Um, I might check it out again. I'll never watch it with headphones again. That's for sure. Um, but it, it is so weird and so uncomfortable. Um, but I do, it's, it's, it's a hard movie to recommend. Um, but it's, it's out there. Oh man, it's out there and you can, you can definitely watch it. It's, it's, uh, a movie that, um, I think it's worth seeing. I think it's, um, something that you need to experience maybe, but at the same time, um, I don't wish that upon anyone because it was a horrible, horrible experience. But it is, I, I can I can tell when something is good, and and appreciate it even when I don't like it. And and in the sense that I don't like it, it wasn't so much that I don't like the craft or the film itself. It's just it's so stressful and so unnerving. And um, I think the way the effect that it had on me, um, sort of psychologically and emotionally was so draining in a way that I'm not sure I've had a movie affect me like that. So, um, incredible in that sense, but who, who that's a hard movie to watch. Um, 
And it's a, it's a challenge. And and that's what's fun about it too is cuz I mean for me I I'm not a movie expert, but I do enjoy being able to see something like where it's like okay, this is not um your typical sit down and watch experience. Like you can de- you can decipher this and you could try to figure out what this is about and you probably will never will, but it's, it's good. And of course right now it's sitting at a tomato meter of 91% with an audience score of 83%. Uh, of course the audience score is going to be lower on this one than the critics one. And that makes sense because of, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who don't understand what's going on and, and hate that. And then there are going to be people who don't understand what going on are going on and enjoy, uh, the ability to try to break it apart. So that is movie number 16, I believe. Um, let me double check. I, I just said it, but I want to make sure. Yeah, number 16 was Eraserhead. David Lynch. Good film. Hard to watch. Now, the last movie that I watched, I watched it last night. Once again, wanted a shorter film. Wanted something that was going to be fun. Uh, I, I definitely needed something that was uh, a change of pace from Eraserhead. I needed something that was going to lighten the mood a little bit and now i've heard a lot about butch cassidy and the sundance kid i've i've heard um i've heard how this movie um the the only thing i've heard about butch cassidy and the sundance kid pretty much was that this is kind of where modern day buddy cop or buddy situation films come from and so i was like okay well let's see how if that's true and let's see if i enjoy that so I, I, I put the movie on. It's on it's currently on Netflix. Um, now, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is from, what, 1960, uh, 1969. So um, put that in. I didn't put it down. I just clicked and played it. But, um, of course, it begins with a sort of like a, a silent movie uh, that before the movie starts and it's uh, opening credits, uh, kind of giving you some background to the Hole in the Wall gang Um and I'll tell you what, that was really pleasant. It was just, you had this kind of clicking of, of a projector kind of going on in there, um, with some great music. Of course, the music in this movie is done by, uh, Burt Bacharach. Um, he did the score and this movie, um, uh, was, oh man, from that point on, I, I really enjoyed Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Interesting thing. I'm kind of going through, I was kind of going through reviews, um, and a lot of people didn't seem to like it. Um, or at least a lot of people had some problems with it. And I don't know if people expect, it seems like a lot of people were expecting a lot more out of this movie. And like I said, with Kung Fu Panda three, uh, you can't ever not expect something out of a movie necessarily. But, um, you know, I think as a, as an audience member, as a movie goer, even though I didn't go to the movies to watch this, this film, I got everything I wanted out of it. And I got some really great, good laughs, some great surprises and some tense moments that were fun to explore in the film. Um, of course it's starring Paul Newman and Robert Redford and they're both so great in this movie. Uh, Paul Newman being Butch Cassidy, the smart guy, the, the, um, the brains of the operation and Robert Redford being this, um, kind of a brute, um, but super witty and it's in his own way, super smart. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was a pure joy. Of course, the ending is um, a bit rough, or not rough, but it's <laughs> that that ending for 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 as much of a joy the whole movie is. The ending is um, 
a super bummer. Um, but it's good. It's shot really well. There are certain shots that I was like, Oh man, um, the camera work in this and the cinematography and the movement of the camera, um, is really great. Um, and, and I, I enjoy the film currently sitting at an 89% on, uh, Rotten Tomatoes with a 93% liking it. Um, it's a fun film. And, and that's the weird thing is so with, with so many, um, uh, with so many uh, weird co- comments from critics of the, their issues with it. Now, they're free to have their issues with it, but um, like say this one from Roger Ebert, the, the late, great uh, Roger Ebert. He said, uh, William Goldman's script is constantly too cute and never gets up the nerve by God to admit it's a Western. And I don't know if that, like, is, is was that the goal? Like, I think this was something that... Um, now I can't speak too much about movies from 1969. I don't. I don't have too many experiences with movies from there, or from that era. But I don't know. I think this was something that was really refreshing, and I think this was something that, um, like like a lot of people say, this is the beginning of a kind of buddy cop films, and um, and sort of what set that into place. And uh, it's a fun. It's it's really fun. So in the same way that like Indiana Jones, uh is an adventure film um, with treasure hunting. You could put that, that film in any era um, and you're still essentially getting the same beats and the same kind of um, uh, same kind of um, plot points or threads. And um, you're going to enjoy the same thing about it regardless of the era necessarily. And so I don't understand why um, people are, being like, oh, it doesn't commit too hard to being a Western, and it doesn't commit too hard to being a pure-out comedy. And so that can be an issue where it's, it's juggling genres or um, not committing to something entirely. Um, but at the same time, that creates something that um, can be very commercially successful, where um, it's a film that a lot of people can enjoy. So people who don't... people who enjoy Westerns can enjoy Butch Cassidy and Sunday, Sundance Kid. The people who don't enjoy Westerns can enjoy it as well. Um, really surprised we haven't seen a remake in the past few years of this film um, because it is so good. It is a very good film worth watching. And um, But at the same time, of course, a lot of movies are are sort of going along and, and following the format of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is smart. It is very fun. Um, Paul Newman is great. I'm going to watch Cool Hand Luke before too long because I really liked him in this, and I'm excited to see him in that. And might rock some more Robert Redford movies. But this was, overall, regardless of you think of the movie as a whole, those two people, Paul Newman and Robert Redford together, were incredible, and their characters were great. Um, so really, some really great jokes and bits in there that I really enjoy, and I don't want to spoil them for anyone who hasn't listened or who hasn't watched the movie, which is weird because it's a movie from 1969, and I should be able to spoil it. Um, but I don't want to do that because if there are some of you out there, some of you young, younger listeners who have not seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, highly recommend it. It's uh, it, you you will enjoy it. It's a good time. Um, but yeah, so movie number 17, that's out of the way. I'll be hitting 20 movies here by the end of this week, hopefully, uh, and hopefully in the, in the next two or three days. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, we're moving along. I'm, I've fallen behind, but there will be days where I'll watch two movies in a row. Um, 
And there'll be some days where I'll end up watching three or four just because I forced myself to. But um, we're moving right along. I'm back on track. Well, not on track, but I'm, I'm doing things now. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to worry about actually making it. I'm just going to try to make it. Um, and we'll see what happens. We'll, when we get further down the year, I'll start worrying about missing missing days. But uh, at this point, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, thanks for waiting and being patient for this other episode. I'm sorry again for, for taking so long to get it in. But yeah, 14, 15, 16, and 17 out of the way. Uh, one of these coming days and one of these coming episodes, I'm going to be doing back-to-back. Uh, I think I'll be doing uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape uh, Escape from New York, and Escape from L.A. Those will be the three movies that I'll be doing at some point. And they'll probably be the three movies I do next. We'll see what happens. But really enjoyed it. Uh, these past few movies, um, some of them were great. Some of them were awful experiences, but great movies. But... You can check out more episodes of this at foxfoodnetwork.com slash movies365. You can tell me what you're watching on Twitter, at Nico Says Things. Tell me what I need to watch. I need some suggestions. I need 366 movies to watch by the end of the year. Let me know what I need to watch. Thanks for listening. This is Nico Cuevas for foxfoodnetwork.com. You guys take it easily. I'm falling apart here. You guys take it easy. Thanks for listening. Au revoir.